Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky, locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here as we're talking fantasy sports for the next hour here on Sports 1440, coming to you live from the West End of town here, more specifically, West Edmonton Mall. The Stingray Studios. You can give us a text, 1 401 1440. Also, a little old school, still awaiting my first email from a listener. Connor at sports1440.ca, Brandon at sports1440.ca, and then on Twitter, probably the best way to get us, at Connor Halley, at B underscore A underscore D 1727. Brad, good morning. Uh, have you, Brad, Brad <laughs> oh, you're not squeaky, Brad. Okay, it's a good start to the show. Brandon, have you got an email yet from anyone? Uh, I get plenty of emails, Connor. Uh, none of them yet coming across on the the new work one from a listener. So hey, reach out, say what's up. Uh, is email an, a medium that people still use as like day to day communication? Like I send out emails to uh, some of our guests that come up, whether it be for video links uh, when we have Frank Saravalli and Mark Spector on. Yeah. Um, and uh, both Mark and Frank replied to my emails with something that normally they would just send in a text message last night. So uh, I guess it's still it's still viable. You know, I mean, I, I look at it same, similar fashion. You know, if I'm booking a guest and it's a day early or two days early, send the old email. Uh, but and, and if you're going through a communications person, but if it's that like a reporter or something, text. I mean, it's just it's a lot easier, I find. But if you want to email us, Connor at sports1440.ca, Brandon at sports 1440 Uh, We didn't even have to say anything. The texts are rolling in here. We've got questions from Curtis and Ricky Cheese. We'll get to those in a second here. I want to let everyone know what's coming up on the program today. One of our favorites, Marcus G on Twitter. Uh, Marcus Grant uh, from NFL Media. Also, you can catch him on the Matthew Berry Fantasy Island podcasts. Uh, Just one... One of the good ones. One of the guys we really love having on the show, Marcus Grant. Sorry, Matthew Berry Fantasy Life, Marcus G on Twitter. Uh, so questions for him. Get those coming in uh, often, and uh, we'll, we'll make sure we pass those along to him. I've got some questions for him because uh, there's one position in particular that I have no idea what to do. I'm just knocking the numbers. I need, I need answers, and I don't have Travis Kelsey. There's your hint. Yes, it's a tight end position. My guys are not doing too much for me, so I want to see if there's any People that Marcus thinks we should be taking a look at. Uh, Brandon, the text. Let's just get it. What was going on in the text line here? I, w- I was working away. I I wasn't paying attention to the, what you guys were talking about, but I see a lot of Sambuca, milk, cherry whiskey. Were you guys getting into the old booze talk? Well, it was a weird transition. We started talking about Peter's driving because uh, Frank Saravalli was headed south going through Red Deer and said... Uh, um, Ke- Kevin told him to stop at Peter's Drive and get a black licorice milkshake, which is a favorite of his. That led to black licorice talk, which led to Zambuca talk, which led to a <laughs> Zambuca paralyzer suggestion from a texter. That has now led into some milk talk and more concoction uh, involving alcohol. It, it was, and this was all just in the last like 20 minutes of the show. Before that, we had Laddie Schmied arguing with uh, our golf guest Keith uh, Keith Stewart about Europe versus America <laughs> this weekend in the Ryder Cup. It was a, it was a great show this morning. Uh, Laddie Schmied brings it as always, but yeah, ended on a really weird note, uh, which is very much exemplified by the text inbox right now. Oh man, I mean, anyone who knows me, Sambuca, that was a 
for a long time. That was a key component in the the Halley household. Wherever regular, I was living, part of your regular diet. Oh, I I was a big fan of the sambuca. Uh, not so much anymore. Trying to trying to stay away from it, but yeah, you know, you, you could tell when there was a sambuca at the party because the countertop, the table, whatever it was, would just be sticky from the from the buka. But uh, yeah, I like these texts coming in here. Good memories. Okay, let's talk about what we're supposed to talk about on this show, Brandon. Fantasy sports, and obviously it is the Thursday night game tonight with the Lions heading to Lambeau, taking on the Green Bay Packers. You're going to be down at the Canadian Brew House in Lewis Estates, correct? Correct. Oh, a nice West End. I might drop by for the first half even. I mean, I like the West End roots there. It's a nice close one. Obviously great times, and uh, I don't know if I'm eligible, but could win a trip to the Super Bowl. You could, or you could win uh, tickets to a home opener of your choosing next season. Or a 70-inch TV. Or a 70-inch <laughs> TV. Like, what a consolation prize uh, <laughs> for the, the championship weekend uh, celebration uh, at every brew house location, but uh, ours specifically down at the Ice House uh, in January there. Man, it's like... That's still so far away, and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because there's so much football in between, but I'm already pumped for it. I mean, it, it's a pretty great little prize, and that happens at every brew house Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. So, I mean, wherever you're going, you can win, but if you join us, you might get a free beer out of it. So there's a little bit of a bribe for you. Okay, question number one that we get in here tonight. Uh, it does involve one of the quarterbacks taking part tonight. Uh, Curtis asks, would you start Burrow, Purdy, or Love this week? Thanks in advance. Okay, so Burrow, I, I'm right there with you. Joe Burrow is someone that I've struggled with. He is in Tennessee taking on the Titans. You've got Jordan Love tonight playing the Lions, and then the San Francisco 49ers and Brock Purdy. They're not popping up popping up on my list Cardinals. Here. So the Cardinals? Ooh. So the Cardinals might be an intriguing one. But they've looked surprisingly stout. But they are. They, they play hard, and Brock Purdy... I, I said it. I don't think he wins you too many games, but he doesn't lose you. Like he, he'll probably throw two touchdowns, a couple hundred yards. Not massive. To me, it's between Love and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow can't continue on with the way he's playing, right? Like he's got to eventually figure out. The Jamar Chase connection was there last week. Got to start finding Higgins and some of the other guys. But I'm trying to think back. The Titans' pass defense is a little suspect. I, I think I still go with Jordan Love, getting some some of these healthy options back. With Watson and Aaron Jones, I think that's going to help him. Short week, maybe you're concerned about that one, but he's at home primetime. Could be a coming out party for Mr. Love. Yeah, we talked with uh, Pete Doherty of the Green Bay Gazette on the Kevin Carey Show about these um, couple guys coming off of injury, both Aaron Jones and Christian Watson expected to play tonight, but Pete's saying it looks like they might be on a bit of a pitch count. So uh, still opportunities for some of these other guys like Jalen Reed, who we, uh, we've seen kind of start to fill a new role on that team. Uh, A.J. Dillon, of course, in the Packers' backfield, but I think I'm inclined towards Joe Burrow here because he's. it looks like he's kind of starting to turn the corner. He's still battling that calf injury a little bit. Um, the Titans were no um, nothing to write home about against the Browns last week. Deshaun Watson uh, also kind of started to turn a corner, so maybe that trend can continue and these AFC North quarterbacks can get their game on track against this Titans D, who is still a good defense by all stretches. Um, but yeah, like Joe Burrow is just such a talented guy that it's... I think it's worth, from what we saw last week, it's worth to continue to believe in him. If he'd laid another egg, we might be having a different conversation, but I think he's starting to come around, get back into kind of quote-unquote mid-season form here for week four. So I'll opt for Joe Burrow. The thing that worries me about Burrow is that, yes, he started to find Jamar Chase, but, I mean, his completion percentage was 53%. He attempted 49 passes. So, I mean, I I guess you could look at it and say, well, they're going to try and throw the ball 
if they try to continue that. But no touchdowns, one interception, uh, QBR, 25. That's not very good. That is not good against a Rams defense that, yeah, Aaron Donald's there. But, I mean, they should be better. They only put up 19 points. I, I don't know. I'm... I'm having buyer's remorse with Joe Burrow. I rode with That's him last year. That's very understandable. And then I have Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. I woke up this morning at like four in the morning, and that's what was in my head. Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence. Like, I honestly, that's not a lie. I, I thoroughly thought about that one. So I'm leaning in love. You're going Burrow. Uh, Mike from Vagerville says, got to be Burrow. Detroit's defense looks good. Titans not so much. And I say this as a huge Titans fan. Hey, We'll be able to look back at this one tomorrow, and if love sucks, then I'm I'm wrong. You got to go, Joe Burrow, and I'm sorry, Curtis, until, for the bad until advice. Until Sunday, when Joe Burrow sucks even worse, <laughs> then we're both wrong, and you should have went with Brock Purdy. We're gonna find out. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's gonna be. Brock Purdy's gonna be the answer. Uh, yeah. So you're going Burrow. I I don't think Burrow's a bad one. I mean, he's got a breakout eventually. I might even go with him this week, but I kind of like love. Uh, Ricky Cheese chiming in here. And he sends us his roster sit start recommendations. Okay. Scrolling in here. He's got Kelsey at tight end. Start him. Michael Thomas at the one of the flex. Jerry Judy at the other flex. He's got three flex. Cool. Latavius Murray. Jay Reed on the bench. Gus Edwards on the bench. Smith Schuster on the bench. Purdy on the bench. I think, I mean, I, I think he only sent us one picture, but I think the lineup he has there, having Judy, Thomas, Latavius there, I think those are the options you got to go with. I don't know if I trust the Gus bus. Reed might be a good option. Yeah, for, the, for the only thing that would be um, that I would maybe swap is yeah, Latavius Murray um, out and uh, and Jalen Reed in there. Yeah. O- otherwise, yeah, like Gus Edwards, I, I'm not bought in yet on on his contru- contributing uh, level and in what he can prov- provide as a fantasy prospect. Juju, pretty much the same thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then it doesn't look like this is a super flex spot, so Brock Purdy would not be an option. So yeah, I think you're okay at the moment, but if you if you're looking for a bit of a gamble, like matchup wise, Murray's the better option. I think, but uh, but Reed, he, he's shown some good flashes, so he might be worth taking a flyer on tonight. Yeah, and Jerry Judy, obviously questionable, as as I can see here, because he's got it listed for us. That's the one you got to watch out for. But have you ever have you ever seen a team lose by like fifty points and then come back and be favored the next week? Only in the NFL when you're playing the Chicago Bears. But that that kind of is crazy to me. Uh, Dino says, what do you think about playing Gibbs tonight with Montgomery being back? My other options are Nico Collins, Christian Kirk, or Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, unfortunately, I just, with Zach Wilson, Trevor Simeon, I mean, I, I just, he is such a good player, but I, I don't like that matchup. Christian Kirk, yeah, Nico Collins, maybe you have something to say about that one. I would go Jameer Gibbs, though. I, th- I think he's just a dynamic playmaker. Get the ball in his hands, good things can happen. Obviously, Montgomery's going to take some of those reps, but I like Jameer Gibbs. I'm wrestling with the same decision myself as a Jameer Gibbs uh, owner in my Superflex League. I'm just trying to slowly load my app so I can look at my own options. But of the ones you have here, Christian Kirk, like this Jags team, uh, kind of underwhelmed, I guess, uh, so far. I mean, they they have a like they're they're two and one if I'm not mistaken. Um, but losing to the Texans is a big blow that I think will damper people's spirits on this team as a whole and and maybe some of their offensive weapons. Nico Collins, uh, he's still WR1 with a team that looks like they like to throw the ball with the O-line still banged up uh, and Damian Pierce not really taking control quite yet. Garrett Wilson, a non-factor because of what you just said, Connor. I think I'm still going to ride with Gibbs. Mine is mostly due to not better options being available. You have some other good options. So the fact it's a Thursday nighter, 
you know what? I'll, I'll say ride with Gibbs because that's what I'm doing. But I wouldn't fault you if you steered towards uh, Nico Collins or Christian Kirk. Just to, did you say Jags two and one? Yeah, one and two. One and two. Lost to the Chiefs. Right. Can't Correct. hold that against. Correct. Them. Correct. Yes. Yeah. He loses. Right. You lose to the Chiefs. Yeah, that's okay. You lose to the Texans. Maybe a little bit surprising. <laughs> uh, I, I I do like Nico Collins though, and like maybe there's something to it with C.J. Stroud. Like, well, maybe he doesn't have the awareness. Well, let's just go throw the ball 30 times, let him figure it out. He's a smart guy. He's got the skill set. And so far, no interceptions yet, right? Yeah, pretty impressive. I think he has a fumble, but no interceptions. So, yeah, CJ Stroud, I I do like that combination. Raw dog Reed. (laughs) I don't don't know if I like the end of this one, but uh, Lockett, Flowers, or Thielen, tell me who to play so I can hold someone other than myself accountable if they crap the bed. I like Flowers. I lock it starting in one of my leagues and I hate it. I don't want to start him. I'm hoping that he'll do something and it will work out. Okay. Uh, Thielen was good with Andy Dalton, Dalton, but Bryce young might be back this week. He practiced yesterday. So I don't know if they'll, they'll work out quite the same. I like flowers to me. He's just a must start at this point. Lamar Jackson likes him. He got hosed on an on-call at the, uh, against the Colts over last weekend, but I like flowers. Yeah, and, and outside of that that tough call, um, like a bit of a down week, especially compared to his first couple. But I'm inclined to agree here. You can look at matchup wise, and and the Panthers going up against the Vikings, who apparently just don't play pass defense, basically. <laughs> uh, so whether like that that is a really good point. If Bryce Young is starting, I think I'm still staying away from Thielen as he finds his legs. If Andy Dalton's back and under center, I think Adam Thielen's a great option right now. Um, and then the final option, Tyler Lockett. The Giants' defense is really the only thing that resembles uh, decent on that squad so far, and even it doesn't look like it's up to the same caliber it was last season. So, Tyler Lockett is a good uh, good option, but he could, like Jackson Smith and Jigba continues to work his way in. Uh, they like several different tight ends. Like it's the Seahawks are a team you don't think about in the same breath as say the Niners, but they also have a lot of really good weapons on the offense that they can spread the ball around to. Tyler Lockett uh, is a PPR guy, probably a little more. Um, preferable uh looks like a half ppr his i think from a previous tech what text what reed's working with but long way around of saying i think flowers is probably the safest play um unless Andy dalton is starting on sunday then i think uh, adam thielen just a quick one here before we get to break here we want to make you know the most of our time with marcus grant coming up next here on fantasy frenzy with hallie and douglas uh this one just from spaghetti Devonte adams t higgins Tank Dell, Pukunakua. Have to sit one. Which way are you leaning? Ooh. I I like, I mean, you, you have to play Adams against the Chargers secondary. I think Dell, you have to start. Nakua should probably still be force fed. T. Higgins. I mean, where's he been all year? It's not, the, the Bengals offense doesn't look right. They're going to burst out at some point, and Higgins is going to be someone you do rely on. But I don't know if this is the week. I, I might go with T. Higgins, which I think is crazy. Higgins, I think Higgins is the sit, uh, at least for the time being. This is going to change in weeks to come, I'm sure. If you ask this question in another few weeks, might be a different answer. But for mm-hmm. right now, T. Higgins just hasn't hasn't shown us that he's a, a reliable fantasy start yet this year. Agree with you. Agree with you. And I was just looking back on it. I kind of said, like, you know, Joe, Joe Burrow found um, Jamar Chase, and that was good for Jamar Chase over the weekend. Cost me in fantasy. But he hasn't found the rest of the guys. So until that happens... I think you got to be a little bit cautious and wait and see. Uh, lots of texts. Curtis, Imitation Tom, St. Albert, Kevin, Hot Eats, Cool Treats, Chomsters, Victor, Kyle, and a couple no-name ones. Uh, we'll get to those 
maybe with Marcus, or perhaps we'll get to them in the third segment. Uh, lots of text. We really do appreciate it. If you have any questions, we do our best to answer. one 401 1440 is Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to Marcus Grant of NFL Media. Get those texts in here. We'll be back right after this. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here for the next 40 minutes or so, talking all things fantasy sports. Of course, focusing on the NFL today with Thursday night getting going tonight. You can join Brandon down at the Canadian Brew House. Chance to win a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Also a chance at a season opener of your choice next season and a 70-inch TV. That'd be pretty good to watch the big game on. Uh, get in on the conversation, one 401 Right now, we're going to get to our Fantasy Wizard, brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. You can join the CBH Monday, Thursday, and Sunday for a chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, as I just mentioned. Uh, always a great time. You can join Brandon tonight down at the Lewis Estates location. Out on the west end of the city right now, we bring in Marcus Grand, fantasy expert with NFL Media and Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Marcus G. Uh, Marcus, good afternoon, good morning. How are you doing today? Doing good. Good to talk to you guys again. Yeah, so thankful you're able to do this and uh, provide a little wisdom for us uh, when it comes to fantasy football. Uh, first question here for you today. Uh, of course, we got the Packers in the line tonight, uh, 6.15-ish Mountain Time kickoff down in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, when you look at these two offenses, who are the must-starts for you that come to mind? Because there, there's a lot of guys on the Packers with potential, but who, who's the ones you got to go with here? Well, uh, on the Lions side, I mean, you're looking at Jared Goff as a guy you want to start. Amon Ross St. Brown is an every-week start. Uh, David Montgomery should be back, and I think he's got a good opportunity tonight. Love Jameer Gibbs, Sam Laporta. So a lot of pretty much all the guys you have, all the Lions you have, I think, are definitely starts. Uh, on the other side, um, Jordan Love, it depends on sort of who you have. He's been a really nice story. Uh, the QB4 through the first three weeks, 20 points in every single game, but it hasn't really been pretty. So he's sort of a mid-level guy, depending on who you have and what the matchup is. Uh, he's not a must-start, but you can consider him this week. Aaron Jones is expected to play tonight, and that's a big deal. Had a huge week one against the Bears. We haven't seen him since then because of a hamstring injury. If he can go, he should be in your lineup against a defense that is just sort of middle of the road. The other guy that I would consider, two other guys I consider, one, Christian Watson, who hasn't played yet this year, he's expected to come back. If he is able to play, I think you can start him in your lineup. And if you're looking for a sleeper play, Luke Musgrave, the rookie tight end for the Green Bay Packers, I've been calling him Sam Laporta Light. Uh, he, doesn't have, he doesn't have a touchdown yet. He doesn't have as many receptions, but he's doing a lot of the same things that Laporta is doing. Maybe not getting as much of the attention, but the Lions have been awful against tight ends for several years. So if you need some help at the position or you're looking for a kind of a sleeper guy, Luke Musgrave is a good option that is absolutely perfect and i might make that move right now because it leads into my next question i've been a kyle pitts believer for a long time i'm just hoping that he can break out because you, you see the flashes there for me and anyone out there in a similar situation uh, anyone out there at tight end on the waiver wire that you think has some upside as the season goes on 
Uh, a guy like Chigakonkwo down in Tennessee, I think, has some real good upside. I like him especially uh, this week for the Titans. Uh, they have really struggled to move the ball offensively. They've struggled to protect Ryan Tannehill, which could mean a lot more short, quick throws, and that's going to help a guy like Akonkwo. Uh, I mentioned Luke Musgrave. He's another guy that, that's sort of out there. It's just, you know, tight end has been it's been sort of a, a barren position for the last you know, five, six years. He doesn't look to be getting better. I would say Gerald Everett's another one. He may not be available, but you know, check your waiver wire. With Mike Williams out, I think Gerald Everett starts to get some more attention in that Chargers offense, and I really do think uh, the upside is really big for Everett this week as well. Uh, Marcus Grant joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Uh, good on you to bring up the Chargers here. Uh, Josh Palmer going to join us on the Jason Greger Show today at 320. Now, uh, that's a debate there. Josh Palmer, Quinton Johnston, who do you think has the most upside with that unfortunate Mike Williams injury? I think it's Josh Palmer. Um, I, I think Johnston is worth kind of a speculative ad if you have the room on your roster to do it. Uh, but I think in the short term, for sure, it's going to be Josh Palmer. He's the guy who was already on the field. And even before the Mike Williams injury, he was getting targets from Justin Herbert. So I think that only increases. Johnston will get more snaps. The talk is that they want to use him as more of the downfield guy, uh, kind of the, you know, when they want to stretch the field and go vertical, he's going to be their guy. So far, he's had trouble getting open, earning targets, and you know people have worried sort of about his hands, whether or not he's going to be a consistent catcher there. So uh, he's worth a speculative ad, but I do think Josh Palmer in the short term is the guy who gets the biggest boost. Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440 with Brandon Douglas and Connor Halley. Marcus Grant, fantasy expert with NFL Media, is our fantasy wizard today from the Canadian Brew House. Marcus, uh, a name that has been drugged through the mud so far through a few weeks of season, and this uh, coming from a texter as well, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears offense. Uh, vultures in Subi's league are circling. Trade or hold on Justin Fields any hope that he can turn things around this season? So I know this may not be the answer people want, but I think you hold. I think you hold on Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, there's there's no way around it. The Bears have been awful to start the season. I mean, there's just no denying that. And Fields has been a part of the problem there. But in some ways, it sort of mirrors the start of last year where the coaching staff really wanted to try and make Justin Fields a pocket passer, and it just didn't work out. And eventually they said, you know what, let's just let's just play around his strengths let him be athletic, let him run the football. And in the back half of the season, he was a cheat code, and he won a lot of people some fantasy leagues. I think we're seeing the same thing. We saw the start of the year. They wanted him to be a pocket passer. The Bears have looked terrible. They're 0-3. They look like they don't have a clue. And now Justin Fields is coming out and saying, you know, I feel like I'm robotic. I feel like I need to get back to my style of play. And last week, we saw him running the football a whole lot more. And so, I think we're going to see that again. I think we're going to see the Bears sort of get back to playing to Justin Fields' strengths. Here's the thing. For as frustrating as it is, and I get it, he was drafted as a top-six quarterback in a lot of leagues. Right now, he's the QB 17. That's not what you wanted. But if, if there's a silver lining to it, uh, he's got more points than Dak Prescott. He's got more fantasy points than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, these are other guys that we expected more from that haven't happened. So while it has not been great for Justin Fields, uh, it, it's maybe better than you think, and I think there are better days coming still. Marcus Grant joins us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Marcus, uh, another team that's you know probably not going to have a lot of success as a unit this year, the Houston Texans, but Tank Dell emerging as a big piece of their offense with rookie C.J. Stroud. Nico Collins probably still wide receiver one on the offense, but uh, if you're kind of looking at target share, uh, how do you see things shaking out uh, down the, the next couple weeks between Collins and Tank Dell? 
I think it'll be fairly even. Uh, somebody made the point to me, and I, I had forgotten this, that C.J. Stroud did actually advocate for them drafting Tank Dell. So, you know, maybe that does go a, a little ways in, in sort of how the pecking order works. But I think both these guys are going to get a whole lot of opportunity. The thing that has surprised me about the Texans is how pass-heavy they have been to start the year. I didn't really see that coming. Uh, you know, C.J. Stroud has 121 pass attempts so far this season. So I think that's sort of going to continue, especially if the offensive line can't really get healthy there in Houston. So both of those guys certainly have value. Uh, Somebody asked me, somebody actually had them both on the same team. I would suggest not doing that because I think you're going to have a headache trying to figure out which guy to start week to week. They're going to be Nico Collins weeks. They're going to be Tank Dell weeks. There's going to be probably a couple weeks in there where neither of them do anything. But uh, if you've got one of those guys on your roster, you know, keep starting them because uh, the upside is certainly there. Uh, Marcus, uh, we mentioned you were coming on, so people texting in some questions for you here. Uh, I like this one because I'm just genuinely curious. I don't really have them in any of my leagues, but what are the expectations for Camaro as he returns to the Saints this week? I think he gets a lot of work. Um, the Saints' offense has not been really great the first few weeks of the season, and through three weeks, their leading rusher is Taysom Hill with 91 total yards. So they've got to get that running game going, which means I'm expecting that they're going to feed Kamara. The only question I really have is about Jameis Winston in the sense that the one thing we know about Winston, he loves to go deep. He loves throwing those YOLO balls up there. Uh, will he mix in a few dump-offs to Alvin Kamara? Because for the life of his career, a big part of his value has been his ability to catch the football, how good he is doing that out of the backfield. Uh, you know, We saw before when Taysom Hill was the quarterback, that part of Kamara's game went away. Derek Carr, we believe, was going to kind of get Kamara involved. We're hoping that Jameis Winston can do the same. But I do think in terms of snaps, in terms of rushing attempts, you're going to see Kamara dominate those. The, the only question I really have is how many targets he's going to get, and I, we probably won't really know that until we see it this weekend. Marcus Grant joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Uh, this one comes in from Hot Eats Cool Treats. He says, boys, I'm struggling with this one. Burrow versus Tennessee or Purdy against the Cards. Help me out. I'm going to say Burrow against Tennessee, and I understand everybody's concern. I mean, I, I, we all watched that Monday night game, and, and you could see that Burrow physically was struggling dealing with that calf injury. Uh, I thought in the second half, though, the Bengals found something. Burrow and Jamar Chase started to get going. Uh, T. Higgins had some drops. Otherwise, it might have been an even better day, but he's still going to get targets, and the Titans have been the ultimate get-right game for a lot of opposing passing attacks this year. So I'm sort of started believing in that. The other part of it is, as much as Brad Purdy's been good, and I'm not taking anything away from him, this is more about the fact that the Cardinals through the first three weeks have not been the pushover that we assumed they would be. I mean, uh, they're one and two. They beat the Cowboys last week, which sort of shocked the world. The week before that, uh, they gave the Giants hell through the first half, and then finally the Giants figured it out in the second half. Even in that first game against the the Commanders, uh, they really put up a fight. So, uh, you know, I I think Purdy has a decent game, uh, but the Cardinals are not the doormat. That, that we anticipated they would be. And so I, I'm going to give Burrow the shot and sort of believe in the matchup against Tennessee. No name on... Actually, it comes from Kyle here. This might be our last question here for you, Marcus. We really appreciate you doing this. Lots of options for Kyle the mechanic. Who would you start in the flex? He's got Flowers, Montgomery, Hunt, Ayuk, Palmer, or Brian Robinson? Ooh, uh... Of those, and I know I just you know praise the Cardinals defense. Ayuk would be my first choice. 
Um, yeah, he, he was limited in practice, still dealing with a shoulder injury. He would be my first choice if he's healthy. I know you had Montgomery on that list, so you would have to kind of decide whether or not you're going to start Monty tonight. So my thought would be to hold off on Montgomery. I think Jameer Gibbs has a big night for the Lions. So I'd hold off on Montgomery and see if Ayuk can play. Uh, that would be the, the direction I would probably lean there. Excellent. Marcus, thanks so much for doing this today. We really appreciate it as always, and uh, enjoy week four in the NFL season. You as well. Be good, guys. There you go. That is Marcus Grand of NFL Media and Matthew Barry's Fantasy Life. Give him a follow us on Twitter at Marcus G. Uh, one of the best. One of the best. Uh, always very willing to come on and uh, join us, and we do appreciate it. He was our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl also. One of the great things about the brew house is they uh, do like to help out. So if you want to book your team or league fundraiser at any Canadian brew house location, you have a chance to win $10,000 for your group. You can uh, check out the brew house for that. And that offer ends on October 31st. So you've got about a month. But if you want to do some fundraising, the CBH, always a great spot. I've been to a few fundraisers there. Always a good time. The dangles always seem to come out. It's crazy. Yeah, and a couple of Thursdays ago when I was at the Manning location for Thursday Night Football, there was a team, I think a ball hockey team, they weren't doing a fundraiser, but it just goes to show that like if you get the whole squad out, uh, whether it be a fundraiser or just a, a night out with the crew, uh, so much fun could be had. Uh, and I think one of them was our qualifier for the chance to win Super Bowl tickets here coming up um, later this year. So get a hold of them. Raise some money for your cause, whether it be for your team or for, for a charitable event. They're, uh, every location, staff's always great. Management's great. They'll, they'll be happy to have you and help you raise a, a few funds in the process. I have to say, you know, people take the advice they hear on this show probably a little bit more serious when it comes from one of our guests, maybe not so much from us, uh, but a buddy in my league, James, as we're sitting here, as soon as he said Luke Musgrave, pops up on Yahoo. He's added Luke Musgrave. So there's good information coming from this program. And he will probably because he heard you say that you were going to go and pick him up. Good, didn't even give you the courtesy of getting off the airwaves with Marcus yet before uh, sneaking in and, and pulling that rug out from underneath you. It's cutthroat. You know, I'll go Gerald Everett, whatever. I'll take the other one, he said, you know. But uh, good advice from Marcus Grant. Here on Fantasy Frenzy, Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, uh, 1-833-401-1440. If you want to get in on the discussion, ask us some questions. We'll try to help you out. Here's one from Victor. When my Vikings finished last this year, who can I fantasize, work in the fantasy, about them selecting first overall at quarterback to replace Cousins? My man, you got to stay up late on a Saturday night and watch a little USC football. Caleb Williams is that guy. I mean, his skill set is unbelievable. His, his playmaking ability in the pocket, fun to watch. And this week they play Colorado. So, I mean, that's going to be a fun one because Coach Prime's going to hype that up. USC, Colorado, that's the guy. If you finish last, this is there you want it. I, I said last year that I thought that perhaps your Houston Texans should have avoided quarterback traded down and then next year just sucked again for Caleb Williams Stroud looks good but I think Caleb Williams is going to be something else I I entertained that notion myself (laughs) as soon as they and he said even if they were down the stretch and of course they bungling the last game of the season uh, both um their their coach uh love lovey smith and quarterback davis mills basically recognizing that it was pretty much curtain call for them as houston texans um i mean mills still with the team but 
that incredible Hail Mary play to, to, to win their last game of the season and not finish last. Yeah. I wasn't against it because I thought, you know, at second overall, t- taking Will Anderson Jr., one of their de- the defensive players available, wasn't a bad move. They, of course, go to make a trade and, and get both a quarterback and Will Anderson Jr. Um, but I think the real fantasy that's existing in Victor's text here is the Vikings finishing last. <laughs> Even if the Vikings disappoint as a unit this year and, you know, maybe not uh, quite in the playoff position they'd want or even in the conversation come the end of the year, if they are able to finish behind, they're in their own division even, behind the Chicago Bears, they're going to have to try really hard to do that. And I just don't think with the team they have, that's going to be possible. It would take a collapse, sell-off, you name it. The Vikings finishing last is, uh, I think, a very unrealistic proposition. But I understand your sentiment, Victor. I know where you're coming from. Uh, And Caleb Williams... A can't miss guy coming in next year. Yeah, and there's others. Drake May of North Carolina is one that I think a lot of people are hyped up on. Uh, when we get towards draft season, we'll probably be talking about fantasy football from a draft perspective. We'll have to bring Declan Kruger, and he's the big, big collegiate football fan. Uh, Quinn Ewers at Texas, another one who who could be something. There's that Sanders kid at Colorado who's starting to get a little bit more hype. But you guys gave Arizona, and when I say you guys, the Houston Texans gave Arizona your first round pick, right? So, I mean, in my mind, I was thinking like, okay, if the cards suck this year and the Houston Texans suck, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr., that's a combination I'd like to see at the next level. Both the Bears and the Cardinals going into this season, <laughs> maybe maybe Bears fans didn't want to think this, but after a couple of weeks, it's certainly a possibility as they acquired the Panthers' first pick. Either one of those teams might have a couple selections in the top five for sure of the draft where there, there's a lot of really good players available, both in the quarterback position, some other offensive spots, and, and always going to be some good D players coming out too. So, yeah, that uh, it, it makes for a little more interesting conversation as the year continues on if you're a fan of a bad team like mm-hmm. uh, myself, Bears fans, Panthers fans, probably Cardinals fans. It, it is interesting. Like, if you do have two picks and you say hypothetically you're the Cardinals, you finish last, you get the first pick, there's your Caleb Williams. I mean... Sorry, Kyler. You got to move on. And then there's probably going to go quarterback like two, three. So depending on who the team is, you could probably sit lower on and have a great player fall to you. Marvin Harrison Jr. That's the one I want to see. I want to see him going to a dynamic offense. Anyways, we'll take a break here. Lots of text to get to when we return on Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Jerky. Uh, I see St. Albert Kevin, DT Riley, KM, Subi. No name. Asking about Philip Broberg. We'll touch on that one. Sure. Curtis, Victor. We'll get to all of those right now. Well, not right now, but after the break. You're listening to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Yes, it is. Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wheelhawk Beef Jerky. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you here. 1-833-401-1440. That is the text line. Put it in your phone. Save it and jump into the conversation. Uh, just about to look into seeing what's coming up on the station today here. And Low Tide and Declan haven't tweeted anything out yet. So I don't know exactly where they're going. But do you? I Dino believe Brandon? Thursday means bagged milk that, makes yeah. an appearance on the lowdown. So that's always an exciting one. Love hearing what uh, BM has to say. When did he drop the jean shorts? Because he was. Prob- je- probably when he hit mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> Rebranded himself as bagged <laughs> milk. One of the best. He used to hop on Oilers Nation after dark with me. Uh, one of one of my favorite guys to talk to. So we'll we'll hype that up until we get more information. Uh, and then on the Jason Greger show, we've got Robin Brownlee. We'll recap uh, last night's win. Spec, of course. Colin Livingston, the Cantork Racing Report. Mike Commodore, former NHLer. Commie, what's what's on his mind? I wonder. 
<laughs> I wonder what he'll say. I wonder. And also, this is you, Josh Palmer, LA Chargers receiver. Um, I tweeted out yesterday that he'd be coming on, and people are like, oh, of course you get him. And I said, I, that wasn't me. I that noticed was you wore your Chargers sweater today as well, bolt up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got to support the guy. We had him on when he was drafted, so like three years ago now, and he was terrific. Uh, I I don't know if it was like actually a leak, but he he confirmed he'd keep the single digit number five on our show. Mm-hmm. So that was that was very interesting. Uh, he'll be on at three twenty. You tried to get him, and he just couldn't do the mornings, right? Yeah, and I understand that. That's something that uh, you know only a few weeks in we're kind of realizing is a bit of an obstacle on the morning show with Kevin Carius. That uh, you know that's when a lot of teams, especially out east, or, or no, I guess he's out west, but depending like time time zones and the time that yeah. teams are practicing morning meetings, things like that, usually a little more available in the afternoon. But I was just happy that uh, the Chargers were able to help us out and get him getting him on. I'm excited to hear what he has to say. We can you can really grill him and say you know how many targets are you going to get. Oh, we got some big fans out the front window of the mall here. <laughs> Appreciate the support. Yeah, well, I will grill him. What is the game plan? What are you going to get a look at? Uh, we're happy to have him on the show. That'll be at 3.20. And, uh, of course, Terry Ryan will be our co-host from 3 till 5. New season to Shorzy coming out soon, I believe. We, uh, we're talking with David Schlemko, our Wednesday co-host on the Kevin Carey Show. Schlemko's never seen Shorzy. Yep. New season comes out tomorrow, I believe. I think so. And I was telling him, like, Dave, I know you played pro hockey. It's not quite the same, but as a uh, senior hockey alumni, played one season for the Senior Outlaws, shout out the boys. Um, like, it just does such a good job of epitomizing what playing senior hockey is like in Canada. They're based in Ontario. I, of course, was here in Alberta, but, you know, call a spade a spade. It's pretty much the same thing. And Terry Ryan's character is just a riot. He is such a funny guy, TR. We watched the uh, compilation of Shorzy as the ref <laughs> and, uh, dealing with the high school kids. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, keep, keep it away from the minors. But, you know, for good adult humor, uh, certainly a great show. We'll have more talk on that with Gregor at 2 o'clock. Uh, back into the text line here. one 401 Ear Candy says, hey, guys, love this show. Thank you very much, Ear Candy. Will Eckler be on a snap count or will he run amok against the Raiders? Cheers. I would say you definitely have to watch the injury report for that one. He was working out yesterday. He's back in the practice field, but there was some question about his ability to cut. And if you know Austin Eckler, he's very shifty back. So I don't know if it's going to be a snap count or more so how does it feel? How does it progress throughout the game? I mean, if he's healthy, he's he's a guy who seems to be a lock for a touchdown, led the league in touchdowns last year. For position players so yeah i think if he's healthy he's good to go but watch out for it uh daniel popper on twitter covers the team for the athletic a very good guy to uh, check out on that one eden father of arius says when will the bears quarterbackers be lifted i think we talked about this yesterday brandon never i mean once they draft Caleb Williams, of course. Okay, yeah. Well, I, I don't want him to go to Chicago. The, the, <laughs> and then there was another text here from um, Walter. Walter was all over me and Kevin this morning, just raking us. Uh, but Walter saying, Williams' father implied the kid won't enter the draft if the Cards win the first pick. I could totally understand that. The Cardinals, they uh, drafted Josh Rosen as a top guy a few years back, cast him aside, take Kyler Murray. Now they're ready to do the same thing again. 
But Caleb Williams, I think, is in a different tier than virtually any quarterback we've seen. Uh, maybe Trevor, like, uh, sorry, in recent memory, Trevor Lawrence, probably the closest comparable. And then going back before that, maybe Andrew Luck in terms of, you know, can't miss guys at the top end of a draft. So, um, but the Bears, it would be a shame if he went there and they just ruined him like they have so many guys prior. You can question the Mitch Trubisky uh, selection given his very limited track record at UNC before getting picked. Yeah. But the Justin Fields thing, that kind of seemed like not necessarily can't miss, but it would be t- it would be hard to mess up what he brings to the table. And you can go back a lot further than that even. Yeah, that's a, a tough one. If you're a Bears fan, you have my sympathy. Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's, it is tough. And I don't know what the situation is. Like, I think their new GM is obviously going to build up that offensive line. You you have to protect your quarterback. And that was, and I'll just say for myself as a Chargers fan, when they drafted Herbert, I thought the next thing you got to do is spend your next two first rounds on offensive line and then go get a receiver. And Tom Telesco did exactly that. He got the left tackle in Rashawn Slater. Then he went and got, oh, the guy from Boston College, Zion Johnson at guard, and then Quentin Johnston. So you, you got to surround these young quarterbacks with players and give them a chance. And, you know, for the Chicago Bears, I know they did that. You know, they, they made the trade with Carolina and they're trying to give him weapons, but it's just not working. So we'll see. Uh, Caleb Williams. Yeah, his dad did say that Williams could return to USC without a good situation in the NFL. He is a junior. He's certainly welcome to go back to college and uh, play in Los Angeles. The Trojans in uh, USC, they're they're rock stars right and now you make call uh, football or you make money playing football at the collegiate level so yeah certainly he could do that but you know you never know what's going to happen we've seen players get injured you know we've seen players you know potentially sit out for or play an extra year in college and then the situation doesn't improve when you go into that the nfl the next year so we'll see what happens there i if he if he foregoes his senior season and jumps into the nfl i wouldn't be too serious uh, Victor. Yeah, I we'll we'll leave that text for low tide because it's about low tide. Uh, how about this one? No name. Why is everyone all over Broberg referring to the media? I've not watched Broberg and thought he was a liability yet. I've seen Kulak and Cece at times and thought they could be moved. The only issue I have is who's going to last forward. Who's the last forward to make the team? And is Campbell going to bounce back? I'm sure coaching using seven demons, so I don't see Brober going anywhere. Thoughts? We're more of a fantasy show, but Lotad will jump on that one too. I mean, this is this is good problems for the Oilers, in my opinion. Like the, the roster is set. You're worried about a seventh defenseman and a 13th forward, probably. These are good problems. Yeah, you're certainly right. I, I'm, I'm curious who the 13th forward will be. Curious if Campbell will bounce back. Curious if Stuart Skinner can continue the trajectory with his development. But Philip Broberg, I mean, yeah, let's see what happens. Let's see how many games he gets into. The Oilers have players with a similar skill set to him, but they don't do have that Vinny Dearnay size and nastiness too much. So I don't know. Yeah, you and I were just talking in the, the break here when this text came in saying like, it's... it's not a bad thing to be patient with Philip Broberg. I know last year, like in terms of his development, you know, being the seventh or eighth guy and not seeing a ton of ice, uh, just kind of being a spare part of the NHL level as opposed to maybe getting a lot more minutes down in the minors, but does he have much left to prove there? It's a tough situation he's in, but just like you said, like Vinny DeHarnay, it's his job to lose, no matter what I think the coaching staff says about competition on the back end. Could Broberg win it over him? I think absolutely, but it would have to be 
like night and day difference between them playing here throughout the rest of the preseason and probably into the start of the regular season because of the fact they bring such different skill sets to the table. And DeHarnay's is one that the Oilers do not have in spades. Broberg's kind of is a little bit uh, when you look at guys like Bouchard, um, even Darnell Nurse and Matias Ekholm to an extent as, you know, puck movers, smooth skaters. So uh, DeHarnay's size and nastiness, it's tough to pass up the reach. He's a big dude. And, uh, and the thing is, it looks like, and this is not, not a knock against Broberg per se, but uh, DeHarnay looks like a very popular guy in the dressing room as well, a uh, guy that the teammates like being around. It. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this message. Pretty much addressed every uh, part of the team, forwards, defense, and goaltending. But, yeah, I, I'm sure low tide will have a field day with that one. Yeah, yeah. Vinny Darren, immature too. Like, very real. You hear him talk, uh, knows what he has to do to stay in the league and working on those things. Uh, Maddie says, not quite a fantasy question, but what do you guys think about Makar and McKinnon being the same overall as Drysaddle in NHL 24? Those guys are two of the best in the league. So is Leon Drysaddle. So, I mean, that that doesn't shock me. It's like Madden rankings. Yeah, I don't put too much stock in it, but if you're asking me to like give you my top five, top ten, I'd have Makar and McKinnon in there. So 100%. Yeah, Makar is the best defenseman. McKinnon, I would say, probably the third best forward in the NHL. So, um, and I, I do have Connor and Leon as one and two, obviously. Uh, Connor being at the top. So, is it worth making a fuss about? I certainly don't think so. Don't they even like? And I haven't played NHL video games in a lot of years. Uh, I used to just with the buddies, you know, my own GM mode, whatever, create a player. But now with the online stuff, like, don't they update the rankings throughout the season? Like, you can download these updates and updates rosters, updates rankings. Uh, or ratings, pardon me, that doesn't that happen? So, like, if this is just the game popping out here, what does it really matter? <laughs> Maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but I don't know. Ew. Uh, any recommendations for sleeper NHL prospects? I'm in a dynasty league and will be drafting high the next two seasons from HB Sauce. I mean, you're in a dynasty league drafting high. How high? I mean, Connor Bedard's number one. He's not a sleeper. One of the guys we're getting a lot of uh, talk about Logan Cooley and then Fantilli as well. So those aren't sleepers, but you know what? We'll get some NHL guests on soon, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. Brandon, good job today. Thank you. And if you are looking for more uh, hockey stuff, I know we've been a little light with hockey talking guests. Just go back and check out the the podcast. We have had Matt Larkin on, uh, Jeffrey Ulrich, um, yes, sir, Pete Jensen a, a little bit back, and then yesterday we had a great guest uh, uh, as well. So Nick Alberga, Nick Alberga, right? Uh, also from uh, the Daily Faceoff. So yeah, just go back and listen to those. They'll give you tons of info uh, that maybe you might have missed out on. Yes, check the podcast, Apple, Spotify. Big thank you to Marcus Grant for hopping on today. Low tides up next. He'll talk hockey. He'll talk NFL, baked milk, and they'll head out to Wisconsin. Talk a little Green Bay Packers right now. Though let's get to a update brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Jerky, Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WillHawkBeefJerky.com. Here's Brandon Douglas.